Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you're watching, however you're watching, wherever you listen, how are you listening? It is the Bet Online Salute to Pretoria podcast. And no, Jamal did not morph into two new Indian, two younger, better looking Indian dudes. These are these are actually the two good decide guys, not the bad decide guy in Philadelphia calling bad defense. He's probably gonna get his boss fired, but that's a different story for a different day. I have probably Two of the best people that can do what we're going to do today. Put Mel Kuyper to sleep. Put Adam Scheffner to sleep. Put all these guys to sleep. They know their stuff. They're very good. I think, and guys, don't get mad at me. I think they're better this time of the season than when they're doing their fantasy stuff. But it is what it is. (laughs) Don't get mad at me. I 100% agree with that, at least for me. Yeah, I think it really just depends. It's to each their own flavor, right? Some yeah. people love us for our fancy stuff, but I think we're coming into our second season covering NFL draft and NFL draft prospects. So, yeah, I'd like to think that maybe we are a little bit more polished up this time around. But, Al, we appreciate you having us on. I know we've been trying to make this work for a, whole a long year. time now. A long time now. So I'm glad that we could finally make this happen. My bad. So let me introduce you guys. This is Amir Desai and Tad Desai. They are our fantasy guys, and they are our NFL draft guys. Like I said, they are really good at draft stuff. They're really good also at fantasy. If you want some underdog picks, go with Amir. The tag guy's kind of tricky. If you want some underdog fantasy picks, go to US, go to underdogfantasy.com, put in USC LAFB, and get a $100 match. But go on our, go to LAFB Network Reels, and they give you all the underdog fantasy picks. Are you guys going to pull one out this weekend for the playoffs? Yes, we will. We are. We are. Look We're recording up. it tomorrow night. If you want to put some money in your pocket, these guys at least will get you paid. I know they do well in their league. We won't talk about the LAFB league, but <laughs> no, we we'll leave that one alone. Nope. But yeah. so today they're on our show. We're going to talk draft prospects. We're going to address the elephant in the room right out the gate. I apologize. Ryan's going to give me for this. How are you? How are you doing, Amir? How's everything going for you? everything's going good my man like i mean like i said it's been a long time that we've tried to make this happen i know you've been in our podcast like even just cameo appearances too because we recorded sometimes on the same day so it's always been great to have you on obviously you had that great episode with tad running it solo doing the national title game preview sort of roundtable blood discussion there so i mean yeah it's great that we could finally return the favor and talk some usc draft prospects but yeah life is good man life is good Open door policy. You guys are always welcome to come on. Tad Desai. Now, I want to tell you guys. Oh, this. here we go. I want to tell you if you guys <laughs> if you guys don't like Tad, somebody told me I have self esteem issues in my comments. Whoa! So, what? Wow! Wow! Okay. <laughs> hey, I'm 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 half deaf, so it's okay for me to say this. Is that person deaf? Like, can they listen to this show? <laughs> so, if you guys think I'm if you guys think I'm firing, this is like. This is my guy right here. You guys should see us in a second when we get to talking football. You talk about kerosene and fire. Us two together, we get people fired up, and then we can get them down, and we get them back fired up. My man, Tad Desai. Besides the car, we won't talk about the car. How we are you doing We not talk today? about the car. I am doing fantastic. It is – you know what, Al, real quick. What is your favorite holiday of the year? My favorite holiday actually is Thanksgiving. I like Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. more. Yeah, because it's like – it's just more chill. And people are like, it's no pressure of like, oh, I got to get gifts and things like that. People are like, oh, we're just breaking bread together, hanging out. And sure. in fact, one of my good friends is married to a Canadian and my brother is mm-hmm. married to a Canadian. I now celebrate 
Canadian Thanksgiving. So I get two Thanksgivings go. in one there year. You so. <laughs> there you go. All right. That's but, a good pick, but I have a better pick. What's that? The best holiday of the season of the year is the NFL draft, my friend. There and Christmas go. season <laughs> is upon us. So, of course, I am good. I am on one of the best podcasts in this entire company for the first time, which, by the way, way too long. My bad. I'll, I'll take fault for that. And I, I thank you for having us on. But more importantly, I cannot wait to talk the draft. So I'm doing fantastic anytime I talk draft. And by the way, like uh, Al said, you know, it's it's always it's it's yeah, it's not fire and ice. It's fire and fire. And people, you know, wonder, like, how did Chris Nolan film that real explosion during the uh you know oppenheimer movie that was just me and al discussing alan robertson versus marquise hollywood brown they just filmed the reaction from that and that was the nuclear explosion in oppenheimer so you are welcome chris nolan the good thing about it is and the good thing about good people i will say this is that we could get into a heated argument and then just like that it changes it. and we're it's like we move on. Life goes on. And true. Very true. And I, I will tell you guys this. The best thing about LAFB, especially like the, the core people, we're like a big family. No matter how far away we are, we're a big 100%. family with all this. So I appreciate you guys. I love the fact that you guys are on. I can't wait to dive into this and see how you guys think, what you guys think about what's going to go on. We're going to just address the elephant in the room since we're talking draft. Let's talk number 13, Caleb Williams, right? I came on. I came on you guys' show, and I'm. Oh, also, we have a lot of Sooner fans too. So say hello to the Sooner fans. We got oh, a bunch of Sooner. Fans. Sooner. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Uh, let's go. Caleb Williams, right? Uh, I came on you guys' show, and we, you guys, uh, what do you guys think? I said he should go lower than 15, and you guys are yeah. like, wow. The reason why he should go lower than 15 is because we saw it. On Monday with the national championship. I don't think he's used to pressure, and pressure comes a lot faster in the NFL. And you have to make legit reads, and things are on timing, and things are a little bit more precise in the NFL. And if he goes to a team that is unestablished, his career will never take off. I do think he has a high level, but his level is higher if he goes to a team with an established offensive line with a solid roster who's a couple players away from making the playoffs. Not taking anything away from his athletic ability, his talent, but his biggest flaw is lack of presence in the pocket and his lack of patience. You know what I mean? So those are two negatives I see. So when you get a lack of presence in the pocket and a lack of patience, you get a lot of picks in the NFL. You go somewhere that has a line that gives him a little patience and gives him the presence in the pocket, he'll have a successful career. I'm going to throw it over to Amir. What do you think about Caleb Williams? So I think everything you said makes a ton of sense. And obviously that's why you host a USC based podcast here, right? So it makes a ton of sense. Everything I just laid out for us, but I'm going to counter you on one thing. So yes, in the pocket, he's probably not going to be that guy who's going to slice you and dice you up as far as like picking you apart, like a Peyton Manning with Tad's Colts there back in the day. He's not going to be that type of quarterback. Definitely not. But one of the big things that I think why everybody loves him to be the bona fide QB1 going off draft boards this year is because he can make those plays, right? Get out of the pocket. He can scramble out. Obviously, uh, 
Al, you saw that the offensive line at USC was not good at giving him protection, too. So he kind of had to make plays on his own, too. So we saw this a lot last year when he won the Heisman, right? That he was sort of getting out and roll out of the pocket. He scrambled for yardage when he needed to, but he was also able to make any play that he wanted to with his arm because he has the arm talent to just find whichever open guy is able to sort of get open for him, and he's able to make plays that way. So because of that playmaker ability that he possesses, he doesn't need to be that traditional quarterback. Like, I mean, we're seeing this in the modern NFL. That's like if you got guys like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, obviously, maybe not to the same extent Lamar Jackson, but it's like you need to have that ability to get out of the pocket. You can't just sit there and dice up a defense like the old schools of your Tom Brady's, your Drew Brees, your Peyton Manning's. That kind of quarterback is unfortunately, that's old news now. You need to get with sort of the modern quarterback way where you sort of have that mobility aspect. Yes, you still need to make plays in the pocket, which Caleb Williams will learn to do. And I think it's very important, whoever lands him, that offensive coordinator needs to make sure that they can utilize his skill set to his full intent. Because if they get a guy who just can't use his skill set the way that he can be so so dynamic at the NFL, then we're going to see a lot of problems. We're going to see a lot of interceptions. We're going to see a lot of turnovers. We saw last season to, uh, out. 16 fumbles. Like, I mean, he's got to make sure that he's keeping that ball closer to his best. There's going to be a lot of people just like, maybe they won't be able to get to him, but they'll be able to get a hand in his, you know, throwing motion and be able to get a lot of strip sacks that way. So, yeah, he's got to tighten that up for sure. But I think for sure, wherever he lands, I think whichever team is taking him, they're going to understand that this is a guy that we could use as a playmaker, not just as a quarterback in this offense. And so for that, I still like him to be the number one quarterback off the board. I'm seeing a lot of mock drafts now, possibly taking Drake May above Caleb Williams. I'm not in that boat yet. I still need to dive into a lot more film to possibly make that decision, but I'm still 100% on board with Caleb, Caleb Williams, excuse me, being the first quarterback off the board. I will say this, and, count, and, and I will say this before I go to Tad. I, I get that part, but there's still plays I need to develop. And, and that That's small true. pressure, right. when it's time to step up, he won't step up. He's going to try to extend the play, which causes receivers to come out of their route and not let it hit. That's the only thing. So his just his patience is a little shaky for me to make that happen. Tad, what do you think? Uh, well, first off, I have to note that Amur almost called you Tad twice there. Three. And, uh, I'm not three. three. You got three. I, I, three. Yeah, two of them. Three. I gotta say, the more, to be a running counter. The more he was counter. doing it, I kind of see the resemblance. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie there, but um, two you handsome know, young men with the beards and nice flowing hair. Um, <laughs> I used to have hair, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna need photo proof of that. Um, um but no, it was funny. So uh, because you guys are on the West Coast and I'm on Central Time, uh, Caleb Williams, I love to watch. But at that point on a Saturday night, uh, I was in an altered state, we'll say. So and like it was always hard to do like hard draft, uh, you know, analysis while you're just like, oh, this is a great game. But um, now that I've actually been able to sit down and watch more of Caleb Williams tapes, and he is definitely the prospect, like Murr said, is still very early on in the process. I am still digging through a lot of guys here. Um, you know, surprisingly, I actually warmed up on uh, Caleb Williams uh, as I watched more of him. However, however, I think here's where the discussion with Caleb Williams has fallen apart is as with anything in the social media age, he has become such a polarizing prospect of you either love Caleb Williams or you hate Caleb Williams. There is no in between. Is he going to be a bust or is he the next Messiah? And it's just like, you know what? For me, honestly, it's in the middle. 
I see the promise. I see those comparisons. I see why people fall in love with him. But then at the same time, I see some major flaws in his game. So it was funny because, of course, I saw I, you know, typed in on YouTube, Caleb Williams tape. And if your guys search is anything like mine, the very first one is the title is, of course, it's a grabby title to get a lot of views is, is Caleb Williams next Patrick Mahomes? I'm like, oh, dear God, here we go. So I clicked on that and I was like, all right. And no, is he going to be like the next like 50 yard touchdown passer in his first NFL starting season? No. But the more I watched him, the more I understood those comparisons. Because he does have a very similar play style. And Amir, I agree with you. I think that play style is necessary to succeed at the quarterback, uh, you know, uh, in this new quarterback era in the NFL. But here's where the Patrick Mahomes thing kind of falls off. And this is where I agree with Al. We've seen that Patrick Mahomes play style not work as well without good coordinators and good receivers. Patrick Mahomes is having... Probably, I think this is a pretty objective statement, the worst year of his career as a starter. Easily. Easily, yeah. right? And so we see how that play style can actually be kind of a detriment, and that's why I saw Caleb Williams. It's like he would have five to six amazing plays where I was like, great, 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 great. And then you have a horrific play where I'm like, yeah, no, bad. And it was funny because I was watching another video breaking down his film and the guy commentating it was like, look at how he handles his corner blitz because he takes on the corner, like sheds him off. And I was like, yeah, that was really cool. He's not going to be able to do that in the NFL. <laughs> so his his ability to kind of scramble around the pocket, I think that's going to be lessened. And also his footwork at times was surprisingly bad. I was really shocked at like, you know, and people are going to go, where are how, do you see him running around? That's not what I'm talking about. That's his escapability. I'm talking about his footwork when he's in the shotgun. And by the way, that's another concern is that he ran like 90% of his plays out of the shotgun. So how's he going to do under center? It's his footwork needs a lot of work. Some of his decision-making needs a lot of work. Al, he had one of the worst throws because I didn't see this live. I saw it while I was watching tape. He had a throw against UCLA. I don't know what the hell he was throwing it to. I believe it was in the first half. And he just like, he had a lot of time in the pocket, chucked it straight to the middle linebacker. No one in the area. And I was just like, what are you doing? So is he this like, is he the, you know, end all be all number one pick that he was previously hyped up to be? No, but I am starting to see the promise. Do I like him better than Drake may? Maybe uh, I still need to, you know, make that decision. But I see what Al's saying is in like, if you put him on a good team, he will be that end all be all, but let's be real. That's not going to happen. So I think it's going to be more of a growing pain experience than people are expecting. Just for the record, Tad, there's me with hair right there. Hair. Hair. <laughs> what is that? Two centimeters? No, nah, that was that's after, that's in the middle of camp, so I didn't even have a hair. Might break out a ruler. <laughs> so that's a fade, man. Come on. You gotta you gotta you gotta look nice for the ladies on the college campus. Man, but, that's uh, true. Yeah. He didn't so, want yeah. helmet hair, that's why he kept it shorter. There we go. Hair. There's the excuse. <laughs> so so yeah, and and that since I understand what you're saying. So I went back. If you guys go back and watch the show, and I and we got a lot of grief for this. Um, does he take the five hundred dollars out the playbook? And that's a Caleb Williams issue mm. that's also going around too. And a lot of people don't catch it, but a very people will catch it. Does he take the five hundred dollars out of the playbook? And like Ryan said when we filmed the show, is he even invited to the wedding? You know what I mean? Like, so that there, the, those issues are floating around too silently, but you know, that's kind of happening. 
on the $500 off the playbook, for those of you who don't know, that's a reference to uh, Jamarcus Russell, where they taped a $500. Cause, or no, that's, no, uh, man, that's draft day. That's draft day. That's draft day. That's draft day. I caught it before you guys did. <laughs> I got it. But Jamarcus Russell is the same deal. That's where draft day got it from, where they, what was it? They like uploaded like a fake CD. Or they yeah. Gave, they like, gave him blank CD. tapes. And yeah, they asked if tape. he understood the coverage. And so, so, like, but oh, yeah, yeah, I loved them all. I like, don't totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. And draft day, they taped, uh, I don't think it was 500. I think it was just like a dollar or something, but, uh, they taped money to the end of the playbook and, uh, he didn't send it or the, the quarterback that was going to go first overall did not send it back. And the one they wanted, uh, did or something like that. But bottom line being is like, is he going to read the playbook? And honestly, that was one of the things that surprised me because all the, you know, negatives that I read up before I watched his tape uh, were saying that, is he going to be the one read quarterback? But I do see little flashes there of like, Hey, maybe he actually is very good at this because there was a play I'm blanking on the opponent because of course, um, but there was a play where he's, you know, looking at an out route and the linebacker, he could have beaten the linebacker, but he understood maybe that linebacker gets ahead of the receiver plays that shallow route. So he breaks off three, maybe a little too quickly, but whatever. There's one play in particular though, where it was against Notre Dame, where they're backed up against their own end zone and he takes it and you can literally see him hit every read in a very good, like snap, snap, timely manner. And then on top of that, he avoids a rush because of course, with that offensive line and he like, you know, kind of avoids it like by the shoulder shrug does not run resets his feet, nails the pass. And it's like, that's why I me mean. is like, there's some place where I'm like, this dude has no footwork. And then he shows me that I'm like, this dude's got great footwork. So it's like, which one are you going to get? Yeah. So we'll find out and pretty soon here in a couple of months where he goes. Um, I don't think he's going to work out. The funny thing about him is, and here's another worry I about, I have about him too. I think he has a little bit of Aaron Rodgers syndrome because he hasn't declared yet. That mm. is true. That is the big story right now. That it's like they have until June, uh, January fifteenth, Monday. Monday. Yeah, he has not declared. And at he has all. not so declared yeah. yet. So they're like, it, what's the holdup? And just like, yeah. no, no. <laughs> so he hasn't filed his. And like I told Jamal, I was like, what if he forgets to file his paperwork? Then what do That'd we do? He's like, nah, he won't forget to. That's one thing he won't do is forget to file his paperwork. What was the trade? Do you guys remember there was some trade deadline in the NFL? The Browns. Like- the was Browns. that it where they tried to they trade for it was AJ work. McCarron, right? Yeah. They tried to trade for AJ McCarron, the fax machine broke. Yep. Like how great would that play. be? I'm just like send 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 in the fax machine doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> you can PDF it from your phone now, so there's no excuse yep. for that. Yep. Definitely. So let, let's move it on. We got a list of Trojans coming out this year. Um, so let's cover day one. Do you see anybody? Uh I'll I'll go to Tap first. Do you see anybody else besides Caleb going day one on this USC roster? Day one, I think it's just Caleb Williams, unfortunately. I think that – and this is kind of – and look, I, like I said, I love the NFL draft, but, uh, you know, teams tend to overthink things. And the fact that this was a team with such hype going in, going into the year and the fact that they fell apart, uh, especially defensively – now, I won't say so fast. You guys were in it for a while. But the no, fact they that – fell apart in Tulane last year. Right. And so it's, well, yeah, that, that's also <laughs> fair. Especially how Tulane did, you know, this year it was like, yeah. wow, that really was a flash in the pan. But um, just the fact that like this USC team and like scouts come up with the dumbest stuff, which is like, can't handle the expectations in the NFL. If it's not the, you know, if they couldn't do it, the USC. So I think a lot of stupid analysis like that is going to come in. There are a couple guys that are like borderline, like late first rounders who won't really surprise me, especially if they test well uh, at the combine or if they play well at one of the now 15, uh, draft bowls that are going on Not that, not that I'm complaining, 
but as it stands now, I would be shocked if any Trojan went other than uh, Caleb Williams. What about you, Mir? Yeah, I feel the same as Tad. I think um, Caleb Williams is for sure going to go 100% in the top five. Most likely he'll go number one overall, whether it's going to be Chicago, whether it's going to be another team that's going to be taking him. We'll see about that. But outside of Caleb Williams, there's only one other prospect that could possibly slide into the first, but this is like a big if. It really has to be a little bit of an anomaly of a type of draft where all of a sudden teams are valuing safeties. Because then I could see the safety Caleb Bullock possibly going in the first round. But that would be if he also moves up in the process. Because right now I have him slotted as possibly the number three safety in this draft class compared to some of the other guys. Um, Tyler Newman out of Minnesota and Cameron Kitches, the guy out of Miami, would be the guys ahead of him right now. Obviously, he's still have to go into the tape to see whether Bullock is maybe going to be playing better than those guys. But as of right now, that's where he slots in. And I don't project any safety as of right now to go in the first round. So like I said, it'd have to be yeah, like some sort of weird anomaly type of draft where it's just like all of a sudden teams are prioritizing safety they want to replicate what the ravens have with kyle hamilton for some reasons and they all want to go get safeties but i really don't think that's going to be the case it's so unfortunately for me caleb bullock caleb bullock will then slide into day two for me but yeah outside of him like yeah i don't think there's any other usc prospect this year unfortunately that has that first round pedigree outside of caleb Williams. i like max better than caleb but uh, that's a different story for a different day <laughs> <laughs> well, and, uh, and I'll say this real quick is the guy who I understand why he uh, declared and obviously he had a very unfortunate situation. Could you mention if Andrew Voorhees had stayed for one more year? That is true. He'd probably be in the conversation with your Joe Alt and your Oliver yep. Shadu from Penn State as well. That he possibly could be in that conversation to be one of those top offensive linemen. He's so good. I, I think in like two or three years, he's going to be a top NFL offensive lineman. I'm so a big believer in him. Yeah. I don't know who that is, but we can move on. Andrew Voorhees, Jason Voorhees, hockey mask. Andrew one. Voorhees. They're both brothers. Okay. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. Oh, by the way, Ted, I owed you $5. Thibodeau got six sacks this season. Yes. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> go. Go Ducks. I'm kidding. Before your commenters start attacking me. No. It, it, I'm a Frogs fan. So all you Sooners commenters, bring it up. Uh, so uh, we'll go on to – for Friday night. By the way, I hate that the draft is on in the middle of the week. I hate that Goodell did that. I grew up on you know draft being Saturday, Sunday. Like it That's was true. I remember that. I I, I, I hate the prime time draft, but I love did. it. Uh, <laughs> Friday night. So we'll we'll go to Amir first. Do you what prospects do you see going Friday? So Friday, second, third round. Who do you see going on Friday? If there's any. Yeah, well, definitely I'm going to bring up the guy that I brought up during my previous take about nobody going in the first round besides Caleb Williams, but that's the safety Caleb Bullock. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's going to be more of a you know priority as far as building out your secondary in that second and third round. There's obviously a lot of depth in both the de defensive back position, secondary position, I have to say, going bad to safeties as well, as well as that's where you get a lot of depth for like receivers as well. That's where we're going to see a lot of receivers go as well. So I think that's where teams are going to stock up on those positions. So you look at a guy like Caleb Bullock, I mean, I they're saying that he could play the slot quarter position, but based on his size and weight, exactly. I was already shaking his head. It's like, I'm not, I don't think I could see that he's a better zone coverage defender anyway. So if you uh, ask him to do press man coverage in the NFL level, I don't think he can handle that. Maybe it's like an emergency backup situation where it's like, you're like the 49ers and you're dealing with secondary injuries every single year. Maybe that's a situation where he'll actually get some playing time, but that's not a recommendation for him to be like a projected starting slot quarter for you. He should not 
not be that type of guy. He's better suited to play at the safety. He's got the good rage. He's got the good ball instincts. He's got a great wingspan as well to track the ball and make some good catches. But here's the big thing. People weren't throwing his direction, so he wasn't able to get a lot of interceptions. He was getting a few pass breakups here and there, but I think he's got a lot of great skills to be just a safety. He's not going to be that slot quarter, which a lot of people are sort of projecting there. Good recognition skills and the run defense as well. Overall, one of the better safeties in this class. I think just depending on how the draft process goes, he could ascend to possibly being the second or possibly first safety off the board. I think as of right now, as mentioned, I think I got him number three. Um, but outside of Caleb Bullock, depending on the draft season that he has as well, the off season, I should say specifically, but Brendan Rice, the wide receiver, he could possibly be a round three selection. Um, I'm seeing him there in the likes of like, you know, comparing him to other receivers. He could be there in the conversation with the Roman Wilson out of Michigan, uh, Jalen McMillan out of Washington and Johnny Wilson, the behemoth out of Florida state, the wide receiver there. That, that He's sort of insane. It's crazy. I'm curious to see what's going to happen with him in the draft process. They're definitely going to invite him to the combine. So I'm very curious to see all his numbers. What he goes. I want to get that height on him. Exactly. Yeah. So got to get that confirmation of whether it's actually six seven or whether it's like closer to like six five or something like that. Uh, but yeah, jumping back to Brendan Rice. I mean, son of the legendary receiver. I love the guy Jerry Rice of the Forty ers Obviously, formerly of the Forty ers I should say. Uh, but that's a big shatter to feel. Obviously, when you're coming from a you know a lineage of such a legendary player like that. Um, he was able to live up to expectations this season, though. Like, Caleb Williams was looking his direction a lot more, making a lot of explosive plays, scored 12 touchdowns this season, which was a team high for the USC Trojans. He was only behind Todd Washington in receptions and receiving yards. So, I mean, this guy was just a primary piece of the passing offense that Caleb Williams relied on. Natural hands catcher. Of course, you got to get that when you have a dad like Jerry Rice. Uh, very aggressive at catching the ball, though. So that was something that Jerry Rice was not of. He was very uh, much accepting the football, not going up and getting it. He did have that type of athleticism, but Brendan Rice is showing that he's more aggressive, snatching the ball out of the air, willing to get aggressive with quarters to sort of snatch the ball there. Um, biggest thing, though, and that's why I said the draft process is going to be very critical for him, whether he was going to go on day two or whether he'll unfortunately slide to day three. He's very raw, so it's going to be very clear, critical that he sort of refines his skill set during these last, next couple of months. If he gets invited to the combine, that would be a great uh, chance for him to sort of showcase his skills a little bit further. He did get an ex- uh, uh, invitation to the Senior Bowl, so Tad, we will be able to see him during the Senior Bowl during our live stream there. Um, but yeah, I think he has a very high ceiling. It's just how much can he refine himself during this travel process, which will sort of slate him where he will go on day two, or if he really just you know has a bad draft season. He'll slide all the way to day three, but I like him to go on day two for sure. Um, outside of that, I think those are the two guys that I'm sort of pegging the most out of USC prospects to go on day two. One thing I think will help his draft stock a little bit. He he blocks very well. Yes. He's a very he's a very good blocking run blocking receiver, which teams who are run heavy and use the receivers for blocking might be interested in that. He blocks very well. So that's one thing that I think will help his draft stock. Uh Tad, what do you think? Who do you see going Friday, day uh day two Friday? Uh, third, second, and third round. I think the most um, likely surefire candidate is a guy that Amir already brought up, which is uh, uh, Callan uh, Bullock. Which is, um, you know, is it Callan Al is it Callan or is it Kalen? I, I the way I saw it, I said it was Kalen, but I have no idea. It's, is it? I'm still working on my names. It's going by Kalen. He's everybody calls him Kalen Bullock, so we'll go Kalen. Wait, Callan, you idiot! Why did I say Callan? Damn it, Callan. 
<laughs> Talon, Kalen, whatever. Bullock. Welcome to our the world, everybody. Welcome to it our world. So, I'm so bad with names for our viewers. Is that's oh the most God. entertaining thing about it? That's another entertaining thing about us is my cat cap. He's make he needs to make an appear appearance every show. Um, but I'm so bad with names. That's the funniest part of the draft. We should make a game out of that during the draft, like during rounds. What two is and his three. name? <laughs> that that would be great. But um before I go any further with this take, I just got to say, um, if you disagree with it, we actually did make a production error here. So uh, at Emergicide23 is actually my Twitter. Uh, that is where you direct all your hate mail. Okay. So before, <laughs> before I get to that, before I get to my take, uh, that that is where you can find me and I will respond in a proper manner. But um, I don't really like Bullock. Wow. Okay, I, this, okay, this I, I watched a couple of his games this year and I was like, yeah, like I see the promise. I definitely see the potential there. But in turn, there were there were several things that worried me. One is his, and this is something that is fixable over time, obviously. But uh, man, is his physical uh, physicality bad? He gets swallowed up so often. And the thing that at first, and this was it was funny. So the first game I watched him, and I'm sure you actually watched this one live. Is the first tape of his I watched uh, of the draft season was his game against San Jose State. Oh. My lord, see, you're putting like your head down, but you guys made him look like the fool because that man in run defense is terrible. Like he over pursues so badly in run defense where like, I'm not even joking. There was just a, uh, it, I, it was like a read option to the running back and he just gunned it and created to his credit. He hit that gap very fast, but he tried, he tried to tackle him so high. He ended up rolling like 10 yards past the quarterback while the running back was going down the field. So his over pursuit and run coverage is a real concern there. Um, his, I, I completely agree with what you were saying, Amur, though. That man is not going to be a slot corner because uh, his man coverage, like I said, with that physicality, not going to work. Um, now, to give credit where it's due, he does have very good, like, you know, ball hawk skills. He is pretty impressive in zone coverage. I see the promise. Do I see the promise as him as a second rounder? No, but I think he's going to test off the charts. I think he is going to measure very well, particularly in height. I think he's going to be one of the standouts during the combine, which just basically means physically you look good. Um, so I think he will solidify himself as a second rounder. I personally have him graded as a fourth or fifth rounder. Um, so there's a couple of things I want to comment on that. Size is going to be a size is going to be an issue. When I say size, I mean weight wise. Like he doesn't look very big, and it's loud in the NFL. No matter where you are, um, you're not going to get another Hamilton. Hamilton is one in a lifetime opportunity. Well, and, and people forget this too. Hamilton had a rough rookie season. He did. He did. He did. But he came on very well now, and he mm-hmm. <laughs> Hamilton should be going to Orlando. I don't know why he's not. And if he is, I hope I'm, that's probably. Don't get me started on the Pro Bowl. Man. At first, I was like, he's going to the Magic. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so, and then you're talking about they're talking about putting him at a slot car. He can't cover. That's the reason why he plays center field. Like he plays center field very well. Like the year before, he he's very opportunistic. Got a lot of picks playing center field. He's very good at that. The thing I the the problem is tackling. If you're going to be a safety, you need to be the last line of defense to be a for sure tackler. And he's not a for sure tackler, which means he can't play down the box. If you start playing roll coverage, if you start having to roll the coverage with the safeties, he can't play down the box because he doesn't tackle very well. Um, For him to be a second or third round pick is kind of high. 
because I don't I think you could get a better athlete for that value. Agreed. Um, can I interject? I, yeah, go ahead. So I think the biggest reason as to why I'm sort of projecting him to be a day two pick is because all your concerns are very valid. That he's not a physical presence. He's not going to be a guy that's like you said, bring him in, up in the box. He's not going to be a guy who's going to be physical as far as man coverage, as far as his lock corner. But I think the biggest thing that gives him an advantage is because he has such good, you know, football IQ. And that's a hard thing to coach. So it's like if you have that going into the draft, you can bulk up in the weight room. Tad, we talk about this all the time on our podcast. A lot of these guys, they just need to bulk up a little bit, build up a little bit of muscle mass, and they'll be good to go. So I think that's possible. Obviously, a little bit of refinement in technique. I think that could be coached up as well. But the biggest thing is if you're coming into the NFL with already a good football IQ and you sort of know what you sort of need to do, play your position, that's going to give you a leg up against all the other competition cutting into training camp. So that's why I like it a little bit more. Obviously, like I said, it's going to be accentuated with how his draft process goes, but that's sort of why I'm leading towards him being a uh, day two pick as opposed to sliding all the way to day three. You know who he kind of reminds me of is, uh, and I don't know how familiar you guys are, but I actually, if memory serves, this is another USC alum. In a way, I see him having a similar career as Julian Blackman, the safety that was uh, with the Colts. I don't think he went to USC. Makai Blackman, the rookie from last year, was he? Not, was not Makai, but no, no, no. Makai Blackman's much better. Um, <laughs> no, Julian, uh, Julian Blackman was a safety with the Colts. Maybe I'm forgetting. You, you and, keep talking about that. I'll look it up. Okay, yes, please do. Number, 30, number 32 with the Colts. Uh, by the way, people, before you judge me too hard, it's 10 p.m. my time, and I just talk children all day, so I'm a little brain fried. But um, I love those kids. They're the best. But – Point being is he was kind of the similar way of like a smaller safety was not a run support guy at all, but he was your very typical. Like if you need a third safety in Utah, I knew it was Pac-12. Damn it. It is Julian Blackman though, right? Yeah. Okay. So he was the perfect like third safety for the reasons that Murray exactly put out because he was a little bit smaller frame. You couldn't use him in run support, but God, when you knew you were going in coverage, he was the perfect guy to have out there because I completely agree. And that's why I said he's good in zone coverage is – you know, Bullock has a very good, you know, understanding of the game. It's just, yeah, he has all the, you know, everything physically going against him. So, again, I see the promise. I think, again, he will get the hype to go in round two, but I, I don't think he belongs there. I'm with Al on this one. It's just the value, and we're going to talk about this right. a lot this offseason. And I, you guys always hear me like, you could get something, but you could get it for a better value. You, if you could get it for a better value, try to get it for a better value. I just think you could, if you could get him for a better value later down the line, then that's where you go get him. I wouldn't say spend it all up front. So that's the only thing. But as far as Jerry's boy, Jerry's boy, I think, is going to be the one that pops out and has the best pro career. Whoa. Okay. Wait, including Caleb? Including Caleb. I think he'll have the longest career, and I think he will have the best pro career. I'm not saying he's going to be like his dad and be a Hall of Famer, but I think he'll be a pro bowler one or two times. I think he'll have very good seasons, and I think he will be an attribute to teams because he can run block, because he can catch the hitch, because he can catch the slant, and he can run the nines and the eights, right? He can run go routes, and he can run posts. And he's physical, and he could go get the ball. He That makes him a very, very, very valuable number two receiver. And now you're getting the number two receiver 
at the million dollar mark or under the million dollar mark, which is a very good value for the first four years, right? And if he does go and make that name, he makes it to the second contract. He's get, he's going to get paid, and the goal for all NFL players is get that third contract. So I think he will be able to get that third contract. I think he'll probably maybe on two teams because you never know how the NFL works. But he's get he has he has so much in his tank and so much upside. Like Amir said, he's still raw. I think he's going to have the longest jeopardy in the NFL. And I think you will see people wearing his jersey no matter what team he plays for. I also will tell you this. There is a thing with the NFL where you get drafted based off the fans you put in the seats. So a lot of hometown kids get drafted Mm, to their hometown. Don't be surprised if all of a sudden you see a third-round selection by the 49ers and they pick up Brandon Rice. That, 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 that can happen. That can be a possibility. Brandon Rice on the 49ers now makes him very good. Makes him really good. That makes Brandon Ayuk the number one receiver. Brandon Rice the number two receiver. And that makes Debo Samuels, Tyree Kill, the 49ers. He's a multi-asset, and he's playing receiver and running back, and he's the number one guy, plus Christian McCaffrey. You know what I mean? I'm not saying Debo's not the number one receiver. He's the number one guy. And you have Christian McCaffrey, Wed Ayuk, and Brandon Rice, and George Kittle. Go ahead, and Amir. For now. No, I was just going to make a point that's <laughs> so like you brought up the Niners. Like, I don't know whether that's actually going to happen. We'll have to see how the right. draft process plays out. But I just want to accentuate another skill that Brandon Rice has, and that's yards after the catch. Like, he mm-hmm. has that athletic ability and that skill set that once he makes the catch, He's still a dangerous guy to sort of get some extra yardage and get some big chunk plays for you. So it's like, you know, like Al said, that if he fits in the San Francisco offense, that's exactly what they make their offensive living off of is that yards after the catch with IU, with Kittle, with Debo. So it's like that would be a perfect fit. But just any team that drafts him, he has that ability to not only just be a gifted receiver, but also a gifted playmaker with the ball in his hand. So, yeah, I, I like him to have a pretty good career, too. I still have to dive into his tape a little bit. and We'll see how the draft process goes. Like I mentioned earlier, he's going to be at the Senior Bowl. So that's going to be a big leg up for him, too. A lot of scouts will see him there. So. Yeah, I like Brendan Rice for sure, but yeah, we'll have to see how it all plays out. Pat, well, so I was gonna hope I was hoping you were gonna kick it to day three after that because um, <laughs> I, we, it's the, if well, you have well, day three, well, go ahead. Well, hold on. Well, I do, but first, oh I'm, no, not day three. We're still on day two. Do you have any? That's why I'm. So, but that's why I'm saying is I was hoping you were gonna kick it to the next <laughs> segment. Let me get to my joke, Al. Uh, do you two know what the most popular dish in America is? Most popular dish. Most popular food. Popular food in America. I would go hamburger or steak. Hamburger, steak, pizza. Pizza. You both are horrifically wrong. It is rice. Macaroni and cheese. It is rice. And you know why rice is so good? (laughs) Because no matter how many times you have it, or no matter how many times you hear about it, it is so, so good. So let's keep talking Bernard Rice here. Let's keep doing it. Not Bernard. Would you Brandon. kill him? Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Hold Rice. on, stop. Before we go, Bernard, dude, I like I, I know them by the last names. It is early on. I've only been watching oh tape for a week. For Sad a week. Can you hold on one line. second? Yes, Let me pay ahead. this bill. Bernard this Bird. weekend starts wild card weekend. If you want to get in on that action, go Brandon. to betonline.ag. You get in all the up to late minutes, odds, stats, and you can put in wagers, set up a parlay for Saturday and Sunday. I, we're going to see a lot of upsets in my opinion, but that's a different, com- that's a different conversation for Slack. Uh, 
Put a promo code Believe B L E A V. You get a fifty percent welcome bonus. BattleLine.ag, where the game starts. Going into round four, day three, right? So day four three, Saturday, seven. four through seven. Those are quick. They don't even have the celebrities on there anymore. They're just talking the whole time. Like, oh, they just drafted somebody. <laughs> They're just up there having a conversation. No, this is where they do like the uh, the picks that are like video calls where they go to like the RB base. And um, I remember there's that one year that really upset um, Mike Mayock. There's the um, orangutan that made a pick. And that, I don't know, for some reason, made remember. Mike Mayock super pissed off. Yeah, like, so those are the more weirder picks, I should say, in yeah. parks there. But not the celebrities. Yeah, not your, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. It's not even are the fans even still there? Oh I yeah, they're, still there no, they're, they they're sold. Like, they're sold yeah. out for the entire thing. Oh, yeah. I don't understand Saturday. I wouldn't go to a draft on Saturday. There's no point to go Neither to a draft. I, but, yeah, yeah. I don't need Harry. I don't need Harry from the family sub restaurant that's been in Buffalo for the last fifty years. To, I don't care about him to be honest with no. you. Like, I'm never going <laughs> to eat at your sandwich shop properly. But, <laughs> but that's fair. That's fair. So we got four through seven. Under million dollar guys, right? These guys are going to make under a million dollars. Mostly developmental guys. Mostly guys are going to become journeymen. In reality, mostly guys, this is where their career is going to end. It's going to come to a stop here. They get the opportunity to go to camp, probably end up in the UFL. Who do we see? And we'll kick it a tad first. Day three. Since you wanted day three so far, so bad. Get <laughs> well, well let's let's go into the guy I was talking about, Barnhart Rice. So with him. <laughs> This is still a this is still a children podcast. You will get ridiculed for that. It's so right. I get ridiculed no matter what. It's I'm <laughs> used to true. it at this point, guys. I am sorry. Like truly, go to our show, the Decide Guys. This is not a bit. I truly. You can watch any episode and he'll screw up a name. Like Hold it's on. not even it. a joke. I got it. Is it Pollard? <laughs> you're finally yes. getting it after all Let's these go. years. You're finally getting for it for two years. I kept saying, uh, what? What did I keep saying? Pollard. Pollard. Kept saying Pollard. Pollard. I kept saying Pollard. Cody Pollard. But anyway, going back to Rice, is, you know, not too much to add on to uh, what you guys have already said, but it was funny because, um, you know, I had heard his name, obviously just his last name, uh, going into this draft process. So I decided, you know, put on his tape, start watching him. And the first thing that stood out to me was he ran three back to back to back of the crispest routes I have ever seen in my life. And I was like, oh, dear God, and it's funny. So I don't read up on the background of any player I scout. Before I watch their tape, I want to watch the tape and then I'll learn more about them. So like I was watching his route running and I was watching just like a route runner for a guy, his size. I was like, this is truly incredible. Like this guy has some very natural gifts. Then I looked him up. I'm like, up, oh, yep. There it is. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yep. Nope. That makes sense. I'm like, yeah, all right, now, now it's all coming together. <laughs> um, but it was just to his, his, uh, you know, his finacity makes his first appearance of the season. His finacity uh, as a smaller receiver. I'm not going to say small receiver. He's not like a Darren Sproles type, but he's definitely on the smaller side. Um, is very impressive. He plays much more aggressively than, frankly, he has the right to do so. I really like him a lot. So why do I have him as a day three guy? Like I said, NFL scouts tend to overthink these things. That guy is not 205 pounds. That is a college weight measurement right there i think he's going if he gets to the combine which i fully expect him to um he will come in at under 205 i think that that size is going to scare people or scare teams away from drafting him in rounds two or three and let's not forget like amur kind of alluded to this is a absolutely ridiculously loaded receiver class some good receivers are going to drop and i think because of his size he is going to 
but I am right there with what Al said. I think he has all the potential with that route running, with aggressiveness, with the good hands to have a good long NFL career. And I was trying to think of a comp for him. Don't worry, he's not a whole famer, even though he should be. Joke, joking. But I, I'll be interested to hear what you guys think. So I was thinking, like, okay, small guy, aggressive, good catcher. But, like, he does, he's a small guy that doesn't play like a small guy. And then it kind of hit me. It's not perfect comparison, but he kind of reminds me of a T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton wasn't as physical a receiver. He wasn't as physical, but I he... would have took a Heinz Ward. See, that feels too high. Heinz Ward was like more <laughs> physical than he was. We need we need to find our in between between Heinz Ward and T. Y. Hilton. What about Steve Smith? Steve Smith? Yeah, Steve Smith. I like that one better than Heinz Ward. That yeah. style is better. Yeah, that's good. Because especially if you look at Steve Smith uh, during his days of Baltimore, he got a lot more of a physical receiver. Because in Carolina, that's where he relied on his speed, right? But then he developed into being more of a physical receiver. So I'd say Steve Smith, Baltimore, Steve Smith, not Steve Smith. And and where was Heinz Ward drafted? Because I know the other two, but I'm not sure about Heinz Ward off the top of my head. Which round? Both, you know, kind of later round picks. So that's what I mean about, you know, uh, uh, you know, Barnhart kind of (laughs) – I always said Bucky, but it doesn't have the R, so the joke no. doesn't work. Sure. Um, but I, that's why I think he might be a... You I know, apologize, Bucky. guys. I really apologize for this. <laughs> Keep going, Ted. Were you apologizing, He's apologizing to, to listeners? Po- apologizing. I was just about to say, were you apologizing to <laughs> listeners? Yeah, he care lots about us. <laughs> Welcome to our ruckus. We are just... A, <laughs> we are chaos. Um, but I, like all... Two of the, the those three guys went in what would now be day three. So that's why I think that size, despite the you know level of play will and en- make him end up slipping into day three. All right. You got anybody else for day three? So you're saying he's going fourth round. I think fourth or fifth, probably. Well, if he goes fourth, fourth or fifth, he's going to get a hell of a raise on his second contract. I 100% agree. I 100% agree because you know, you know, like again, not play style. I'm not comparing their play style because they are, wildly different in terms of play style and you know just general measurements is a guy who he reminds me a lot of and yes i am biased because i'm also a michigan fan go blue national champs um is donovan people's jones i was convinced Wait, stop 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 all right stop. we've had this argument before we've ah, had this argument no, before. no no oh, no how God, are you gonna say go. you're a michigan fan and you said washington was gonna win the national championship because i thought that is like I, a I fan of were... like 10 different no, 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 schools that shows no, no that shows good analysis because that shows that i do not let my bias get in the way which by the way at least two horn frogs are going in the first round anyway who else do you have going in the end day three because well, well, real quick before you were like, well, how do you have, you know, Rice going in the fourth to the seventh round is he reminds me a lot. And again, not in terms of play style, but just in terms of draft stock of Donovan Peoples Jones. I love that guy coming out of college. And I thought that he was a lock for second or third rounder. Then he slipped to the fourth. It's like, okay, what's happening? Then he slipped to the fifth. I'm like, okay, seriously, what's happening? And I, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure he was taken at the end of the sixth round. It might have been, it was either end of the sixth or uh, six, beginning. He was a sixth round pick. He, ended up he was a sixth round pick. So it was, and plus, like I said, it was the very end of the sixth too. Like he was almost a seventh rounder. I was like, what happened there? And to this day, I'm not sure. A, he should have went as a safety. To me, to this day, I think Peoples Jones was a better safety than he was a receiver. Okay, well that's okay. Yeah, interesting. But that's my whole point. Is like every every year there's a receiver or running back that tends to drop a lot. Um, and, and I think that Rice is going to be that guy where we look back in a couple of years and it's just like, wow, 
okay, I, I don't know how we let that happen. But in terms of other guys, I, again, I still need to watch. I don't want to give analysis if I haven't watched too much of their tape. And I'm, I'm, you know, I will get there within the next month or so, uh, especially before the Senior Bowl. Senior Bowl is where we really step up. So definitely within the next two weeks. But a guy that's interested me a lot from the little bit I've seen of him is Marshawn Lloyd. Um, I think that he, I don't see him stepping up as number one running back. I think that could be a real steal as a good, not change of pace back, but a good like number two guy, kind of the uh, Montgomery to the Jameer Gibbs type thing that the Lions are doing right now. But uh, I'll be interested to see if you guys agree. Is he a day three guy? Is, will he be the surprise undrafted? Because remember, every year there are five, at least five guys. Everyone's like, this guy's going to be drafted, goes undrafted. Amir? No, 100% to piggyback off of uh, Tad's pick there, Rashad Lloyd. Like, 100%, uh, he has the skill set to be a day two running back, but unfortunately, running backs are not as prioritized in NFL drafts anymore as they once were. So he's 100%, unfortunately, going to slide into day three. He will get drafted. He's not going to be an undrafted running back because he has the skill set to be drafted. Um, not strong. He's a smaller back, so I think I 100% agree with you, Tad, that he's not going to be a primary running back for any backfield in the NFL. He's going to be a complimentary piece. I can see him being like, you know, a James Robinson before he became the number one in Jacksonville. Like, he could be that type of guy. Um, David Montgomery is a good uh, pick there. Obviously, Roshan Johnson with the Chicago Bears now. Like, Ooh, he's going to be like that, that supplemental guy. Maybe he could sort of do a fill-in if somebody gets injured and he could be a primary guy but he's nowhere like he's not going to be drafted to be that type of guy he's going to be drafted to be part of a committee so i mean he's a good option out of the backfield i know usc didn't use him as much as a pass catcher they used him a lot more this last season compared to his previous seasons um so he has to definitely improve his skill set there show that he can be a more um a more able receiver when he goes to possibly if he gets invited to the combine. I think he should be able to get invited to the combine. A lot of running backs go to the combine there. Uh, most of, the, most of these USC guys should get invites. Yeah, I think because of the big name school, he probably yes, won't get an invite. Exactly. But even if just if he gets just his pro day, he needs to showcase his skill set as a passer because that's obviously going to help him at the next level. Uh, the biggest thing that I saw a lot of, though, with him is that I didn't see he has the ability to do it because he did do it, but I don't know if USC just used him as much as this type of runner. Um, he wasn't a petite the tackles runner. He has the ability to do that, but I saw more as like going on the outside. They used him on these, you know, swing uh, swing routes as far as going off the off tackles or going off there. Uh, but they weren't using him as a between the tackles guy. But that's also speaking to his size. He's only coming in at 5'9". He is built lower half. So, I mean, he is hard to tackle. He's a one-cut runner. Um, he needs to develop his patience runner. He's not a Frank Gore. He's not going to sit there and wait for the block to set up. He's not a Le'Veon Bell. He's not going to just let sort of wait and then all of a sudden hit the hole. He's not that type of guy. He can develop those skills but he's definitely not going to be that type of guy. He's definitely like fighting the hole. He's going to get aggressive, but I'm wondering whether they're just going to keep him as an outside runner, as an outside zone runner, that type of guy at the next level. Um, but I very much like him to be drafted. So he's not going to be one of those guys that's going to go undrafted. So Marshawn Lloyd, I like as a day three guy. The other guy that I want to bring up is the other receiver. We're talking about Brendan Bryce, but Marshawn, uh, sorry. Marshawn Lloyd, where I talked about him. Todd Washington is the guy that I want to bring up here, the wide receiver. He, like I said, Brendan Rice only led the team in receiving touchdowns, but Todd Washington was the guy that led the team in receptions and receiving yards. But the big thing that's the problem here, this is why he's going to fall a lot lower compared to Brendan Rice. 
Heels probably used as a slot receiver, right? You're not going to mm-hmm. use a high draft pick on a slot receiver. So that's the biggest thing. He's a smaller guy. Um, he's a willing blocker. I think that was one of the biggest things that USC probably have emphasized there with Brendan Rice being a good blocker. Todd Washington was also a good blocker. He's got very good hands. He accepts the ball as it's coming in. Um, but just, yeah, I think the biggest thing is just he doesn't have the size to consistently play on the outside. Maybe he could develop the skill set, develop his route tree, develop, you know, more of that outside awareness. But I 100% think that whoever drafts him, they're going to draft him on trade three, but they're going to use him as a slot receiver. He's not going to be used as an outside type of guy. They may even draft him as like a returner as well. So it's like a slot receiver, like maybe a number four guy that they use at the slot position, but then also as a returner as well. I know the special teams aspect of the NFL has sort of gone away with all the changes that they made. It's just like not the same as it once was, but it's still helpful to have a good guy who can sort of make a few key blocks, get you at least 10, 15 yards, potentially get you a house call. We'll see about that that but definitely a guy that can sort of get you a few yards instead of just taking a fair catch and taking the ball where the punt is so i can see Todd washington fitting into that role but that's why i see him as a day three receiver even though he was a primary option for caleb williams you may think that he might go higher unfortunately just his skill set's not going to translate to that i think he goes on day three um outside of those two guys i mean you may have a jonah monheim the offensive lineman he's coming he's back this... he's going back to sc oh is he going back to school okay well i didn't have that confirmation so that's good that we got that confirmation here uh but even if he did come out let's just say hypothetically he decides to change his mind before the 15th he has the upper he's got the mindset to be a good offensive lineman but he just doesn't have the physical traits he still needs to develop a lot as a blocker more effectively as a run blocker comparatively as a pass blocker. You really need to upgrade those skills for sure. So we'll see what happens as he goes back to school, whether he can develop all those skills. Um, the other only guy, other guy that I want to bring up, Eric Gentry, the linebacker. I think he's got a lot of great skill sets to be a good range, you know, rangy linebacker, sideline to sideline type of guy, but he's just extremely raw. That's the biggest thing with him. He needs to develop a lot of skills. He's got the mentality to do it. He's got the football IQ, but you can see the aggressiveness at time. He's got the speed, so he could drop into coverage if he needs to, but just the 100% thing is just he needs to be coached up a lot. So 100%, he'll go on day three, or he may be a high-priority undrafted free agent. But those are the only other guys that I could see from USC uh, potentially being drafted or going undrafted on day three. Um, so uh, I'll start from the bottom up. Uh, the problem with Gentry is he doesn't have a spot. He's too small to play in. Mm. And that's a big thing too. Yeah. He's too, a little bit too clunky to play linebacker, I guess you could say. Tweener. It's yeah. kind of like uh it's kind of like Isaiah Simmons. Like, where do wh- where where do we play him? Is he a safety? Yeah. Is he a linebacker? And he's been like ping-ponging his entire NFL career because it's just like you can't be good. It's like when a team has two quarterbacks, that means you have no quarterbacks. Yeah, it's yeah, he, he that's the problem. He doesn't really have a spot. He's not a true linebacker because he can't cover. And linebackers in the NFL have to at least run with slot receivers now and start mm, covering. That's true. And then he's a little bit too small to play defense in. Yeah. So, um, I undrafted he might go just to see if he could do it. And then if he sticks, he might have he he'd be all right if they could find a spot for him. But I think it's in between. Mahine. Uh, he's coming back, so I won't. We won't even go down that world. That fair, that there. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, Taj Washington is very interesting to me. Um, Taj Washington, I think, is very good. But the problem with Taj Washington is he's what about five nine. You yeah, know what I mean? He's like mm-hmm. he's a small guy, and so the question is, and he's not a blazer. You know what I mean? He's not going to yeah. run by you, blow by you. 
So does because, I mean, fit- sorry, just to quickly interrupt, but it's like you look at Tank Dell. Me and Tad were very down on Tank Dell entering the draft. We're like, this is just going to be another Tavon Austin out of West Virginia a handful of years ago by the uh, the St. Louis Rams at that time. Mm-hmm. They're still in St. Louis. How Rams. dare you? How dare you, sir? <laughs> but I expected him to sort of be that same guy where it's like they drafted him in the third round, Tank Dell, that is, I'm saying here. And I just expect him to be sort of like that, you know, a speed guy that they're just not going to use the right way. But that was the big thing. He has a elite level speed he was able to make it work in houston but yeah exactly like you're saying al with taj washington he doesn't have that game-breaking speed like a tyreek hill or as a tank dell that i'm saying here so it's just like unfortunately that's going to cause it to slip well i was going to say if he gets in the right system where he becomes like a west welker slot receiver mm, or that's like true those that's type true. of people he's going to catch the ball and he's going to make plays for you he just got it's all it's all just getting in the right system so yeah. we got to be if he falls into the right system and somebody drafts him, you're getting him for a great value. If he goes day three, right, you're getting him for a great value. You're not burning your pockets on him. You're not nope. putting all your stock in him. So if he gets in, and he fits. You know what I mean? Or even if he doesn't work out, you practice squad him and then develop him, and he ends up working out. Like I think that would be a good get for him. Like I, I don't see that far off. He just has to fall to the right guy in the right system. He'll be very good in a West Coast system. Because he could run those intermediate routes. He could be that for sure first down. Marshawn Lloyd is a little deceptive, though. Marshawn Lloyd is bigger in person than he looks on TV. Mm, he's a okay. he's a really big okay. guy, but he, he's fast, right? That's why he turns the corner, he burns. He, and like you say, he's a one-cut-and-go. The issue with Marshawn Lloyd is he can't pass block. Yes, mm. that and that you can fair. attribute to no, his size. Fair. Like, I mean, he <laughs> yeah. definitely was more of a chipper than like a guy who could take on the oncoming defender. So maybe he could develop that with a little bit more, you know, football IQ or whatever it is build up a little bit. But yeah, that's hundred percent. I agree. <laughs> yeah, he can't pass block. But if you get him in a good zone scheme and get that outside going, so actually, the spot for him to go is the Rams. Interesting. He's a good he's a good second choice, you know what I mean? And that zone concept West Coast offense, I think that that will work out really well. So any any West Coast offense, maybe he might work out in the Texas Toast offense. You know what I mean? So if he goes to Dallas, that might work out because Tony Pollard's on his way out cuz they aren't giving him as many carries as they once they gave him the big. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> I don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> We've seen it before with Zeke. Everybody blames Zeke like he's not as good as he used to be and I'm like Watch Tony Pollard once he gets the big contract and he becomes the number one. His production's dropping off. Are you saying Tony Pollard's not good anymore? Hasn't even got the contract yet. He's the number one, but still yeah. we haven't seen. Him. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like it's not it's not the guy. It's the it's, different story for a different day. Save it for, for Slack. Sure. <laughs> so I'm, I will say this because I want to get your guys' thoughts on it. And again, I haven't watched too much of his tape, but the the comparison that was kind of jumping off uh, at me when it came to uh, Lloyd was, and, and it's not perfect comparison because he's about 30 pounds lighter than this guy. Um, he's, he kind of reminds me of Michael Turner, a guy who's like surprisingly fast, who can hit on the outside. And, you know, like for a guy of Michael Turner's size, he wasn't as physical of a back as you thought he would be. And again, it's, it's a very early <laughs> comp there, but I think their running styles at the very least are something to think about. His running style is more like Marshall Falk. So he is shifty. He is a little bit more. He is more shifty than you think. He is. Like I've I'm I watched this whole season because I have I'm like you know I'm required wow. to like he's wow. more <laughs> bona fides over here. All right. <laughs> like he's more shifty than you think. Like and he'll find the he'll find the cut. He'll get loose, but he won't break away. 
He doesn't have he, breakaway speed. Hundred percent. He won't He's break got away. good speed, but yeah, he does have breakaway speed. Yeah. So that I mean, I could see that. Like number two back, I I can see. I don't ever see him being a number one back. That's work. Who do you? Who do we start off day three with? Um. Marshawn Lloyd was your number. That's who we started off with. So we, we worked our way through. Um, yep. So let, let's talk about some people that, and if you haven't watched them yet, we don't have to talk about them. Austin sure. Jones. Austin Jones is going to the draft. What do you guys think about Austin Jones? I didn't have him on my list. So, yeah, that's a guy that I got to have to note down as far as to do some research on. Just, just that to, means you guys know. have to come back. We just got him back yeah, for another time. Is that, that your not-so-subtle way of being like, I'll see you in about a month? Here, I'll give you guys a list right now. Austin Jones. Okay. Um, Where's my pen? Austin Jones. Max Williams, which who I think it is going to get drafted day three. Max Williams, okay. And I wouldn't be surprised if he sneaks into day two. Max oh, Williams. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Max Williams. Um, How many X's? Just one, two. <laughs> please, please don't tell me it's three. If it's three, we've got a problem. He's got a one, one that was drafted by Baltimore. Well, He's you won't it. find you won't find as Maximus. You'll find him as as Maximus. His real name is Max. Oh, Maximus. even better. Oh, even no, I'm joking. I'm, joking. All right. I'm, joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm just messing with you. It's Max. Oh, Williams. Damn, oh, it. damn it. <laughs> uh, so Max Williams. Uh, I want to get you guys. I want to know you guys' opinion on on uh, Dietrich. So Justin Dietrich. You are gonna make me pronounce that name. His name is Justin Dietrich. <laughs> How dare you? Justin I Dietrich. just screwed up Bart Rice's name. Come on, That's true. <laughs> Justin Dietrich. Uh, and I'm trying to figure out who else there is. There's one more. There's one more. I got my roster right here from the Holiday Bowl. Give me one second. Nice. Very, very well, rice. As you're sort of looking through your name. Solomon there, Bird. Uh, Solomon Bird. Solomon Bird. Okay. There's one other name that I do want to bring up. I haven't done a lot of research on him just yet, but he is going to be at one of these draft bowls. So we already talked about Todd Washington, Marshawn Lloyd, Brendan Rice. They're all going to be appearing at bowls. So Brendan Rice and Marshawn Lloyd are going to be at the Senior Bowl. Todd Washington's going to be at the Shrine Bowl. And this is the other guy that I want to bring up because he got an invite to the Shrine Bowl as well. And that is Christian Roland Wallace. So yeah, I'm going to uh... enjoy a little bit of look. I'm going to be looking at him as well. Obviously, we'll do our East-West Shrine game preview and review, obviously, once the game is done. But I'll definitely be looking at tape of his because, yeah, he got an invite. So, I mean, there must be something that the scouts are seeing. So, Christian Roland Wallace is 6'2", 215. But Christian Roland Wallace back. Sorry, those people don't know. I'm surprised. Most listeners probably do know. We're we're the anomaly (laughs) here, me and Tad, where it's like, yo, he plays defensive back in case you don't know. So Christian Wall- Roland Wallace is 6'2", The problem with Christian Roland Wallace is he did not get a lot of reps. Mm, okay. So he doesn't – he came from Arizona. He didn't get a lot of film. <laughs> um, I think he regrets that switch. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the thing about it is he has potential. A lot of people – a lot of people that played in this defense kind of got swindled. And so, like, you're not going to see a lot. But Christian Wallace, I'm interested to see what you guys have to say about. They have him at six foot two hundred, so he still looks big, though. He Christian Wallace is a big is a big corner. I think he's very good. I like him. I think he's very good. The thing about Christian Wallace is, if he doesn't work out a corner in the NFL, you could give him a chance to go safety. Oh, okay. He, he has opportunity to play safety because he he'll tackle. Uh, Mason Cobb also. Mason Cobb is coming out also, right? So Mason. Uh, I think he's coming out. He hasn't declared yet, but if Mason Kyle comes out, that's one to look at too. I'm interested Once to see what January you 15th comes around. We'll get a better idea as far as who are the guys coming and who's going back and all this stuff. So yeah, that should clear up a lot of these things as far as like 
is he coming? Is he not? I don't know. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, just, I'm still looking for my pen. <laughs> Your pen? Well, I'm trying to write all these names down, man. You're throwing oh. a bunch at us. <laughs> I, I, I don't worry. The responsible one's taking care of it. Yeah, we got it. I, are it. you okay? Percent. All right. Well, let's just sign up. <laughs> um, Mason, Cobb, Mason Cobb is one to look at. I told you about Solomon Bird already, right? Mm-hmm. Solomon Bird is yep. one to look at. Um, I feel like I'm high school culture again trying to tell you guys all oh my guys who look at it recruit. <laughs> <laughs> now I will I will say this while you're looking is as like a very early end of the show promo is you know shout out to Al because uh last year during the first round of the draft me and Amur were gonna do just what was it uh picks one two three the top five right we were gonna do the top five just you and me yeah or was the yeah. top it was the top four or five um yeah. and Al joined us during I was it the first pick he was, the, there from, first, he was there since the first. beginning of the but, show. But that was, was the there first part. and he was only supposed to be there till about like the eighth or ninth pick. And by God, that man stuck by us. He was so crazy. He tried to Facetime us from the car on the highway. That and is we true. Had to, that we is had accurate. to kick him. We had 100% to kick him accurate. Off because on this show <laughs> and on our show, especially on our show, we do not drive and podcast. So we had to kick him off. But that's how dedicated Alex is. Bluetooth. Al- it doesn't matter. You were trying to do video. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Don't drive a podcast, but regardless, is Al's going to be back. So, and look, yeah. like, yes, I know I screw up some names tonight, but I mean, that is my favorite part of the draft is come, uh, you know, come April. Oh my God. That second and third round, I was exhausted because it was pick after pick where Murray was like, what do you think about this guy? What do you think about this guy? And I'm flipping through all my notes. So yes, I was a little rusty tonight, but trust me, draft season with these two above me, it's gonna be one awesome ride. So, so um, you guys got to come back now because we gave you some more names. And that's the, Solomon, that's Solomon Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> also, 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 we need you guys to come back in the season. We need you. We I want to get you guys started. So you need to watch more SC games next season. We need more. Okay. We need more decide guys. If you guys want to watch these guys, like I said, they're great in fantasy. This is how their show is. Great interaction. Go to the LAFB Network uh, YouTube channel. Go watch all their shows. We just did a show where I got called a hater by Tab because I told the truth. that said Michael Penix would not be able to handle the pressure and the offensive line. And I told him that. And I don't know why he argued with me because that is the best best blitz package in college football. And it – I mean – like I don't I th- know what I'm talking about. I thought I mean, you were gonna just trash Michael Penix, and you're like, no, he's good. I was like, oh my good. No, he's good. Well, as he, as host, I was like, well, there goes my plan. <laughs> nah. So yeah, I'm, I wasn't gonna be wrong. Like he, I wasn't gonna hate on the yeah. kid. The kid's good, but now he's a he might be a a day See, two that's, draft. That's pick. a good draft discussion to have. How how much yeah. did that game affect his draft stock? We we had that a little bit in the slack. Yeah, but yeah, we did. Invite we did. me, invite me over when you guys talk about Penix. We could talk about 100%. that. When you guys do quarterbacks. Do we could talk about quarterbacks. Um. Definitely. I appreciate you guys for coming. Let them know again. I just shouted them out. Let them know where they can contact you. Let's start with Amiri. Where can they find you? Uh, yeah, well, you can see the Twitter handle right there at Over the Side 23. So hit us up with all of your fantasy related topics. If you got draft uh, stuff that you want to discuss as well, make sure you're hitting us up as well. Um, yeah, because fantasy season, even though the regular season is over, that doesn't mean the fantasy season is over. A lot of you play in dynasty leagues, a lot of you play in a lot of special leagues. We can give you advice. If you're playing in a keeper league and you need advice on who you're keeping heading into next season, like, I mean, hit us up. We're here to help you out with trades. I mean, Tad is a trade specialist, so make sure you're hitting us yeah. up with all your fantasy related questions. But 
100%. We are making that transition into the NFL draft process now. So we're going to be diving into all those names that Al listed off that we haven't done homework on yet. We will definitely get you homework on all those guys. All the guys that are going to be coming at the East-West Shrine game. All the guys at the Senior Bowl, the Draft Combine. And, of course, the NFL Draft. We got you covered with all of that, with all great content on our podcast. So subscribe or listen to your podcast, the Side Guys Football Forum. That's where you can find all that great content, wherever you can, wherever you listen to your podcast. Tad, do you have anything else to say? Absolutely. You can find me at TadSide94. My students do follow me, so please keep it civil. I, I, I know I screwed up some USC facts. Please keep it somewhat civil. But in all seriousness, uh, look. Come at him. Come with, at him. Don't Please you do. dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> it, it, look, the decide guys, we are a three-headed monster. We do draft coverage. We do fantasy football coverage. And we do, granted, it's a smaller part of our show, but we take this as serious, a betting section of our show as Very well. True. So with our you know partners at Underdog Fantasy, amazing partners, I will tell you guys what, I cannot wait because a lot of these draft bets are going to be fascinating. Over, under three and a half quarterbacks in the first round. That's going to be a great debate to have. So, you know, uh, I, I'm probably on, and that's going to be another interesting thing. What's the number going to be set for running back? I, Cause I honestly think it might be over or under half, half a running back. Like does a running back go in the first round? So if you want to play some draft bets moving forward, or even if you want to play some NBA bets, hit us up at our socials for that, because underdog is not just football. They are all sports across the board. So draft, fantasy betting the decide guys got your back and you know what i said we were a three-headed monster with that guy above me good old al we're like you know you know what his head's big enough it's a five-headed monster <laughs> it's like the hydra it's like the hydra <laughs> cut, cut off one five more will grow in oh place. yeah oh yeah definitely hey i appreciate you guys for coming like i said uh they helped me out when in my other fantasy league. They was like, just send me who's available. And they'd start telling me who to pick and start running stuff. I had to suddenly slow down. So go see them. Um, Sooner fans, don't kill Ted. He's a TCU guy. He went to TCU. It was, it was a hard enough season. Please we don't. love our we love our Sooner fans. We love yes, our we fans. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Except for when they're playing TCU. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> One more thing. Hey, wild card weekend. You guys, if you're going to wild card weekend, go to your local vendor. And don't forget your, to get yourself a fight on Pale Ale. It's not... Never too late to drink those. Get you a fight on Pale Ale by Stone Brewery. Guys, I appreciate you guys for coming. It's been a long time coming. Thank you for finally coming to my house. I appreciate it. I hope the welcome was warm. Hopefully we get to do this again. We're probably going to do it a bunch of times for draft. Like you said, you guys are excited. You guys get more excited for draft than you do for fantasy. It's but ridiculous. <laughs> it is what it is. I love it. Uh, I can't wait for the draft. Don't leave me out of the draft live coverage. We'll be on the draft oh, live. We got you. Don't leave we me out you. of it. So I don't know if I can. I can't do the marathon like you guys do. I'm good. Always good for day one. But the marathon, <laughs> I can't do the marathon like you guys That's do. Fair. So I appreciate it. Go check these guys out. Don't forget to check us out as we keep moving on. Keep moving forward. Well, our goal is to have to get more and more guests for you guys to get through this all season. I appreciate you guys for coming. Appreciate you guys for listening. You guys know how it is. Live free, fight on.